started with this verse. It's going to seem like it doesn't have anything to do with it, but it runs right into this title of one cubit. And I found, found, that, was, uh, found that very interesting. Because on it says, no man can serve two masters. That's every one of us, nobody, humanity, can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's a statement from Almighty God. Moved upon by the Spirit of God, this man wrote this to let you and I know you cannot do it. You can think you're juggling it. You can think you're doing it. You can say, I don't know, I'm proving you. God says you cannot do it. Father, again, we just simply ask for that blessing of God. Holy Ghost, please, you are welcome to come and make this message alive. Let it be alive to the hearer, God. Father, I pray that you would help us, this church, to stand in these last and dark days. Lord, that we could be part, just part of the small answer, Lord God, that this nation needs. Bring back the light, the glory of Almighty God upon our nation that at once bathed in God. Bring it back starting even today. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Voice not too swift, but as I talk to you, a lot of yours aren't too swift either. So it's just the way it is right now. Uh, Matthew 6.24, again in the Amplified, which just amplifies some of these words. It goes on and says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one, love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. This is what happens inside of us. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is that you trust in. Whatever it is that you trust in. Now, very next verse says, Therefore, because of what was said uh, above, he says, Therefore I say unto you, this is our key, take no thought for your life. This is contrary to everything that we do in life. Take no thought for your life. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? Nor yet for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat and a body than raiment. Take no thought. Now you think about your life. I'm probably going to have to cough now and then through this, so please hang in. Sorry. If I get excited, it seems like um, the cough. No thought. Think really, seriously now. Think about your life. The old year gone, new year coming, work house, mortgage, kids, clothes, food, shopping, cars, hot water tank, dryer, all this stuff that thank, take no thought, God says. And this word thought means to be anxious, to be anxious. You know, we are anxious for everything, everything, absolutely everything. It means to, to be troubled with cares, to be troubled with. So God is telling us not to be anxious. Now remember, listen. Who's telling us this? Almighty God. This is not some guy on a circuit who makes a few uh, tours and tries to speak thing and we like, yeah, right, hit the road. This is God. God's telling you this. How you are to live. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about the cares of the world. Important things. Housing. Clothing. Food. We're not talking about ball games and hobbies. And hunting, but God says, don't be anxious for this stuff. Now you think of last night. Man, it was cold. I woke up this morning, it said seven. In Zanesville, I heard zero in Newark. And God goes on now. Think about last night, spending that night 
sitting on a little branch somewhere in a tree. Look what it says in the next verse. Behold the fowls of the air, the bird, the fowls of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? How did some little sputzy get through last night with that cold and freezing wind? Where'd it go? How did it hang in there? How's it not frozen to death? It should be a popsicle this morning. Well, God took care of it. Whether God, I don't know how he genetically made them, but somehow they take care of it. I had everything on yesterday that I could think of, and yet my hands were like frozen. It was just a matter of time. Did you ever just do something dumb, and you just want to run out for a second and check something, so you run out in your bare feet, even through the snow, maybe six foot, just, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it back. Your feet feel like they're, how does a bird get through that? God took care of them. Birds are not, there were big old boots on and heated feet and all just God's done it. God does this stuff. And God uses this to make a point to you and I because you and I are being hindered. We spend our life worrying and anxious about life when God says don't. He says don't. Yet we do. When the new year comes, old goes and the new come, people fret, what's this new year going to have? What's it going to hold? And it will hold, just like we heard about Tucson, Arizona. It will hold some awful things on it. But God tells us don't fret. Now look, here comes the message title. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit under his staff? Which of you can add 18 inches, one moment more of extra life through work? Who can do that? Which one of you? It's impossible. It's absolutely, we are doing something that is impossible to have results. And it's constantly fretting and worrying. New King James says, which of you by worrying could add one cubit to its stature? New Living Translation says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. Yet we do it. We major in it. We're gold medalists in it. We're awesome in it. We, we just relish in this idea of worry and anxiety and anxiousness when Almighty God, your Master, says, don't. We get tangled up worrying about the things of this world. I mean, we do. We get tangled up because uh, just just in everything. I, I don't understand. It just seems like it's part of our fallen nature to get into this worry. And worry absolutely destroys your physical body. It will destroy any type of joy you have. It will destroy any ministry that God has for you. It will destroy any marriage. It will destroy your children you're raising. You put that in there. That type of work. Now listen, there is a difference between godly sense of responsibility and ungodly, untrusting worry. If my windows are blown out on the west side, I'm not going to sit there and just say, well, God will take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it. I mean, I'm not, that's ridiculous. Okay, what I'm talking about is if they're blown out, then I will do my best to find someone to repair them or help me fix them. The problem is, when they're not blown out, we spend the whole year going, they're going to blow out on the west side. I know they're going to blow out on the west side. I feel it coming. They're going to blow out. And God says, don't do that. Matthew 6, 28. Now listen, this is the word of God telling you how to live. He can do that. He's God. He says, why take ye thought for raiment? Clothes. We are crazy with clothes. Absolutely nuts. I was thinking about the other day. If you could just think of something I was going to say weird, but it doesn't. Just something different and just get one phase of the culture 
to bite on it. You'll make billions, whether it's some dorky looking new type of purse that everybody's got to have or some wristband. Uh, what was that? WWJD and everybody at five dollars got to go buy this and you sell millions of we're weird. God says, don't even fake take a thought for Raymond. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. This is we're out of control when it comes to this. He goes on and says this, consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory, Solomon, the richest man known at that time, would sprinkle gold dust in the hair of his chariot drivers. Gold dust. And his, everything was splendor, top notch, beyond top notch. Took him 13 years to build his house. Solomon. And God says, a lily beats Solomon in all his glory. And God said, I produced that. In fact, they're under the ground somewhere now in that zero degree weather. They'll be back and you'll see. You'll see them. They'll come up just as beautiful. And if you have any God in you at all, you'll go, that is absolutely amazing. All the different flowers that God brings back to the surface. He goes on and on because he tells you about the raiment and he tells you about Solomon. He says, wherefore, because of this, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and it wasn't that long ago, I'm out. In April, you're out there like twice a week trying to cut the grass, okay? And before Mac got old enough, I would wave the day as we'd go by, cutting grass. And where's it now? But to trust Him for our needs, to trust Almighty God. Someone declared to us a week ago or sometime in this past week, God did this unbelievable thing for them. And the person said, all right, this day, this day right now, I'm no longer going to doubt. It's ridiculous. I'm doubting no more. And I thought, man, how awesome that would be to live. I've told God through the 36, seven years I've been saved, God, will I ever get through a trial without egg on my face? Young people know what that means, do they? Lots of times Ruth and I will say things and our kids just look at it. You know what that means, young folks? Aaron, you know, what does it mean? <laughs> it means to get through something without doubting God and being ashamed. Just get through it. Just trust Him no matter how deep, how weird, how alone you feel, how long it takes, you just trust. Yet trust them all the way to the grave instead of doubt. Because the Bible simply states this, For our heavenly Father knoweth that I have need of these things. Just like he knows what kind of system has to run through the body of that little bird in order for he can go through sub-zero nights with 10 or 15 mile an hour wind sitting somewhere in a tree that no longer has leaves. I don't even know where they go. I mean, I don't. There's a, sure, there's a nest somewhere, but I don't see them right now. And yet, every morning, even before I'm up and moving, they're out there singing praises to God every morning. And God says, if I can take care of them, why can't you trust me to take care of them? Because you think you take care of yourself. That's what we do as people. We think we are taking care of ourselves. Psalms 115.12 says this, The Lord hath been mindful of us. Can you imagine? Someone just thanked me so much for calling someone in their family. Thank me very much because they were so happy that I was mindful. Oh, this person, oh, hey, how's it going, okay? And, and maybe when you come home, you can say, Wow, so-and-so called us and want to know how we work. Well, this is what God is saying. The Lord hath been mindful. He thinks about us. Listen, He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed 
of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now let's add our verse. Yeah, well, I don't see it. That's how we are. We are just to walk in that. Walk in. Take those verses right there. And when you're home, whatever, in a midnight hour, whatever you want to do, walk. Just read those verses out loud to yourself. Because faith cometh by hearing. Read them out loud. My God will bless my house. He will bless Aaron. He will bless Israel. Read them out loud to yourself so that you start to believe God at His Word. And then 1 Peter tells us immediately what to do when things come our way because they will. God never said things won't come. He said trust. 1 Peter 5 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Now, listen, one of the biggest points here is the reason for casting all your care upon Him is, listen, because God knows you can't handle it. <clears throat> Not that you're overburdened and you can't glue one more brick. You can't carry a brick. You can't. And so God says, cast all your cares upon me. And we do that through prayer, God. And that word casting means to throw upon. Not meditate and chew like a cow does on his grass over and over and over. And you spread all that negative and poison and doubt in yourself and in people all around you. God says, immediately cast that care upon him through prayer. Cast that care through prayer upon God. And it means to throw upon, to place upon, or to give to God. That's all we can do. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what God commands us to do. But we waste our life, strength, and health on worry and fretting. And all our worrying combined together, God says, has done nothing, accomplished, other than probably shortened our lives and made a multitude of us backslide. See, without a prayer life, Without the knowledge of the Word of God, you can't go like this. I'm not going to worry from this day forward. Are you kidding? Very good. Maybe you haven't talked to Him in a long time. Maybe you don't talk to Him very often. Maybe you don't read His promises. You see, if we're honest with ourselves, then you might as well be. There's no use playing a game. In order to get to know Almighty God, you've got to get to know what He writes about Himself and how He promises. And then you've got to go to prayer and battle this carnal nature and flesh that wants to doubt God like crazy. Just can't tippy-toe. Like it's Again, it's like last week's service. You can't come here for an hour and a half and be full of power and wisdom of Almighty God. It's just, it's not going to happen. Things are going nuts. Guy walks up with a gun, shoots everybody around. Things are going crazy. I mean, they just are. And you are not going to be able to get by just on an hour and a half. And you have to, you're going to have to get saturated with the Word of God like the sponge. Years ago, I had John do a little filming of the sponge. A little shriveled up, think of a sponge that is you and I. And we poured water on it. I think we kind of did it in slow motion. And we just watched that sponge as it absorbed the water, as it absorbed the word of Almighty God. It came to life and grew four times its size. That's what you must do. You can't do that in an hour and a half. You just can't. We are now into time where you've got to put the things of God first. Absolutely got to. Listen to me. And those of you who don't, you're going to get caught up into the chaos. You're going to get caught up in the worry, the havoc, and the insanity in the unrollingness that's coming to our, our nation. It's just the way it is. Uh, but you see, God has figured uh, in his plans that you are the people that he wanted living at this time. You are the ones. So God has wired for you and I to be able to do this. He tells us his grace is sufficient for you and I to do this. You've spent your life worrying and fretting about things that mean nothing. God says, I will take care of them. I know what you need. I will take care of you. God tells us in Matthew 6.33 what your job is. Even now, here we are, second Sunday of the new year. And again, God's telling you, this is your job. You can't sit there and say, well, I'm 65 and I'm retired. Well, should I? 
For me to retire at 65, I hope I hope not. Well, I'm 82 and I deserve it. What do you deserve? I mean, no, no. God says this in Matthew, Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. I pray this common verse is different this year more than that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that we saw in there shall be added to you. On that clip, house, worry, sickness. Some of us will battle sickness this year. I'm not saying you won't get sick, but God says, you leave that stuff into my hand. You pray it and you lay it out there. God says, your job is to seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. That's why God said, I will take care of all the rest. Your job is to seek it and to turn up the light so this fallen nation has something to see as it gets darker and darker and gross darkness comes upon the people. God said, I'll take care of you. You do this. You'll be like the little bird. It's sub-falling degrees, spiritual temperature, 15 degrees, and you'll be on the branch and the morning will come and you'll be praising God and people won't understand why. Because God has taken care of you. God will do it. Worry and fret is ruining what God has for you. God says, seek ye first. Now look, the two keynotes of this great verse is the kingdom and righteousness. God says, seek ye first the kingdom and then my righteousness. The kingdom which is uh, which the God of heaven, the God of heaven is wanting to erect in this fallen world to let them know how a Christian should be and live in the midst of this fallen world. God says, seek that, seek my kingdom. And the righteousness thereof is the character of his subjects. How you're supposed to act in this kingdom in the fallen world. God says, seek that. Don't misrepresent me. Misrepresenting Almighty God is going to send millions to hell. Millions. I think they can drink, run around, gamble, play, do whatever just like the world just so they go to church and say they're saved. Big Greek word I'm going to give you. Bunk. That's bunk. Okay? Seriously. <clears throat> God says your job is to seek the kingdom of God. God is look, saying, I am removing all worry from you, all fret. Does that mean Chad should quit his job? Absolutely not. God tells us we should work or we shouldn't. Chad spent his life threatening and worrying about his newborn, but it paralyzes him in fear. He's not trusting God. Who gave him that thing? God says, it's for me. They're my heritage. I'm giving you my child to raise. God will take care of them. But you've got to live according to the Word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. Seek. Seek. It is not what we do in America. Definition of seek. To seek in order to find. Seek in order to find. Seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to inquire, to seek after, seek for. Aim at, strive after, to demand, to crave, seek. Not just come to church when you can. For that hour and a half, that, this, I'm telling you, this is not cutting it. And God says, by the way, do this first. Do this first, God says. And that word first, definition for that means first in time or place. In any succession of things or persons, first in rank, influence, and honor. First. God says, I know about food. I know about raiment. I know about clothing. I know about work and sickness and houses and interest rates and stock market. I know about it. Seek me first. Prime example. 
might have the prophet wrong. Elijah was sent to the widow. The economy was horrible. Absolutely horrible. God sends her, him to this widow. He says what? Tell her to make you a cake. She goes to the widow and it says, he says, um, you know, all that hello and all this stuff. He goes, what are you about to do? Well, I have a son. I have a, a little bit of meal left. I'm going to go out. And that's what she says. I'm going to gather some sticks. I'm going to make a fire. I'm going to cook this last little bit of bread. We're going to eat it up. And then we're going to die. Because that's all she had. That was it. There was nothing else. There was no meals on wheels. There was no food stamps. There was no nothing. There was no manna falling in the backyard. This was it. It was done for. This is all she had. We're going to eat this and die. Just think of what the prophet said. He said, um, excuse me, that's a good plan, but do this first. No, think of this, mothers. Think of it as you hold that brand new baby in your hands that some of us have been blessed with here recently. The prophet said, uh, no, go ahead. It's a good plan. Make the cake, but give it to me. Let me eat. Hour and a half on Sunday morning, you're not going to get a witness to that. You're not going to find out that God's in that. You're going to say, hit the road, dude. We're eating this. Seriously. I mean, let's just face it. For some reason, somehow, it clicked in her. She recognized by the Spirit of God, man of God, word of God, obeyed God, went out, made the cake, gave it to the man of God. He ate. Now, her her barrels and everything didn't pop just in the air. The same old barrel. Every time she'd reach down, there'd be more. And she'd make another one. Every time she'd reach down, there'd be more. Maybe her fingernail scraped the bottom. She's going, oh, dear, it was the last one. And she'd go the next day, and there it was again. God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I know you need meal. I made you. I know you need to eat to be sustained. And so you need to trust God with your life. Trust God with it in every aspect first. You seek to find, to go after, to hunger for. Not look at your wife because it's a little gloomy and stoic. You think you want to go to You think you ought to? We should. What do you think? Do it! Just go! I'm telling you, iron half folk, I, I worry about. I, listen, I fret for myself, and I try to always be here. Meaning, Lord, we're just saying this to Ruth. I don't know what other name to use, but I'm no John Wayne. Because this stuff builds and gets crazy and insane. It's like... But do I have enough God in me to hang in, to laugh, to go all the way to the end? This is how we are to run our lives, our everyday lives. God first. Not if I can. I'll try. God first. God first. Even when it comes to thinking. Even when it comes to thinking. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord. You understand that God's whole realm is by faith. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. So if you're just sitting around, whether you're looking at your bills or you're looking at your kids, you're not including God, and someone says, well, I think we ought to do this. Wrong. It's wrong. God says, don't even lean on your own understanding. Don't even lean on it. Don't put any uh, uh, confidence in it, any weight in it. Don't lean on it. Talk to me about it. Trust in me. Come and talk to me and pray. God will answer you. He will take care of you. Do you understand? God knows where he wants you to live. Physically, even physically, where he wants you to live. So God says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. And look look here, it says, in all thy ways. All you little children, how do you raise them in the end of age? God says, trust him in all thy ways. Don't trust your neighbor how they did. Don't trust the schools to raise them. In all thy ways, God says, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. God says, trust in me and in all thy ways, everything that you have to do. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. This is God telling us how to live. And then he goes on and tells us, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. 
Now, do you think this is bunk or truth? God says life is more than food, drink, and clothing. Our richest people in America prove this to us. They have no life. Jesus understood that these are the necessities in life. Food and drink and clothing. But they aren't the most important thing in life. They're not. What's he say to the one rich man? You feared sumptuously or sumptuously. Ate well, clothed well. And you're going to die and you're going to hell. So it's not the greatest thing. The greatest thing is knowing God and understanding that God cares for his children. And he feeds the birds and the clothes. And as the flowers come up and all these beautiful colors, he goes, how much more am I going to take care of you, which I've created you in my image? God says, you're here for this reason. You've come to Jesus and are born again and filled with the Spirit of God for this reason, to seek me first, my kingdom and my righteousness. God doesn't want you in his kingdom acting like a fool. He does. We have plenty of that. Seek his kingdom, his godly kingdom. And then his righteousness, how to live right in that godly kingdom in the midst of a perverse and crooked nation. Fallen world. God says, seek that first. Not, where am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? How am I going to get by? What about this job and this job? Oh, our orders don't look good for the next four years. What are we going to do? And then people all around you never hear the word of God. Never see anybody trusting God. Remember the one message that I preached and as I was preaching, we kept turning out the light? Who was here for that? I had a little 25 or 30 watt bulb. Had it lit and I saw the lights. It was insignificant like we feel. But as it kept getting darker throughout the service and it ended up at the end of the service, all the lights were gross darkness covered the people. All of a sudden, that little 30 watt bulb looked like a beacon. and that's what God wants. So we lived. Seeking Him first and trusting. It's not a great revelation. You're going to die anyway. Seriously. You are going the dock. So why don't we go out seeking God first and His righteousness? We are going out. We are. So why not do it like God says? doesn't matter if you're 18 and, you, and you're standing in front of the mirror and don't, you're going out. That is not horrible. That is, you're supposed to want to get to heaven. Worrying is God. It is. We don't, we don't trust God. Those who don't know God depend on material possessions. They depend on the stock reports and and the uh, bottom dollar and the economy. And, and I mean, I was going to show you a film, but I figured you would all be on medicine by the end of this. What's that one called? You sent me something about the, the people. Black Friday, it starts. Something about a lost society. Oh, yeah. I had it on Facebook because I didn't have I was going to show it. It's what's happening to us as a people. We must focus on what God tells us. We absolutely have to, what God cares about. And then he will take care of all that work. I'm telling you, uh, I'm, a, I'm a prime example of it. A prime example. I was just a bozo growing up. I was. No goals, no desire. I look at these kids now, and they're taking college classes in high school, and they're I'm thinking, man, how awesome is that? And I would like to kick myself and just, because I think of how I just wasted no goals. Poor Ruth. I don't know why she married. Uh, seriously. I had no job, no schooling, no great track record to show Ruth, no money. I had an old baseball glove. The truth, <laughs> pull her aside when I'm not around, ask her. I took her, my 64 Chevy, super sport, by the way, and my ball glove to Florida. We got married in November 22nd, and four days later, we are in Florida. Nothing, nothing. And by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, five years after we were married, with cracks in the foundation of our marriage, God redeemed us and saved and for whatever reason he's kept I'm seriously this is all glory goes to God and I sit around and think remember and see all that God has given me by his hand it's not important to me if you think what I have is nice if you think what I have is cool it's, it's that he did it for me 
that he was mindful of you. And all we have done in our flawed character and flesh and battling the carnal nature is just try to serve this God because he's worthy. And he has taken care of us. I remember when my daughter Jennifer was born, there was a line on the floor. You weren't allowed to cross it. Now you're allowed in there with cameras and family. You can have a party. But there was a line. Isn't it true? You ladies having babies are crazy. There was a line right here, and I had my toes on the line. Somewhere down there, off in the corner, I remember I told you, I heard them say, it's a girl. And I started to worry. She was not done crying from her first breath. Girl. And I wasn't in. I got to have a football team for a family and a baseball. It was just a girl, a baby. I didn't have a job when Jennifer was born. And God took this nothing, and he has blessed us, and he continues to bless us, and continues to bless us. All we've done is attempt to serve him. Stumble and fall, got scars and scabbed up knees, but he is faithful, and he has taken care of us all the time, all the time. This is the God that wants to take care of you. I don't care what your situation is, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, mental, habits, future, you have no clue, you can trust God. God is telling you today, you do what I say, and I'll take care of you. You do it. God, what do you want me to do? I want you to seek my and my right, and I'll add it to you. All that lady needed when she stuck her hand down and her nails scraped the bottom of the bowl, all she needed was another hand full of meal. She didn't need an Applebee's card, an Olive Garden card. She didn't need a steak. She just needed another meal. That's all she needed. So you're the key. You're the one that decides whether you're going to do this. You know, it's that time of year. Probably some of you already made that, you know, resolution, and you probably already broke it. It's January 9th. That's really, you've gone deep this year into the, you know, whether usually it's the exercise and the eating and whatever. You know, are you going to read three chapters and what, whatever? We're, we're no good at that. We're no good. But you're the key. You have to decide. His role in supremacy is all that's going to matter this year in your life, that he'll be number one, whatever you do. Whatever you do for a living, you have your own business or you work for someone that does, your boss is Almighty God, Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah, none whatsoever. If you do that and you make your best effort ever, what happens, happens. And you trust God to take care of you. He will. He'll take care of you. Some of you might lose jobs this year. Maybe all of you will. There are testimonies in this place right now. People have only worked 40 days out of the year, never lost an ounce of weight, always had food, God always took care of them. The only time we blunder and fall into bad situations is when we do it, when we go contrary to the Word of God. God might strip you down to nothing, but He'll take care. Are you willing to trust God this morning with your life? So, God, I don't care. I don't care if I lose it all. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to seek the kingdom of God. I want to be free from worry and fret. I don't want to ever look at your face and doubt you this year. If that's you, you want to open up this altar. Come on down, let's talk to God before we dismiss. Come make that commitment to God and just say, God, if I continue to put you first and keep you into my life, then, Lord, I will be supernatural, not natural.